We're going to get started. So we want to say hello and welcome to this program at the University of Arkansas Small Business and Development Center. At the, we are pleased to be able to bring you these educational programs to help support small businesses. Um, please be advised that we are recording this workshop um, for ASBTDC education purposes. But as a registrant and attendee of this workshop, you will be emailed a copy of this presentation and recording. So bonus. Um, I'll introduce our presenter, Wendy Kane, momentarily, but first I'd like like to introduce us and tell us tell you a little bit about ASBTDC. I'm Amy Robinson and I'm here with my co-host Chris Case, my partner in crime. We are specialty consultants for the ASBTDC. And if you don't know about the Small Business Development Center, it is a one-stop shop for startups and existing small businesses. We are associated with the University of Arkansas and affiliated with the SBA and its statewide network of ASBTDCs. Uh, we, as well as a national network of more than a thousand small business centers. So we are well supported so that we can help support you. Locally, we offer free, we ask free one-on-one -on -one consulting program and, and programs like this one. We love to cover the relevant topics for business owners. And if you are not already a client, we encourage you to visit us at sbtdc.uark.edu. So I am going to turn it over to Chris to give us a little bit of information on how things are going to work today. Um, if you are not 100% uh, familiar with Zoom by now, um, we are happy to give you a little bit more information on how this all works. That, that's what, where the chat is, is very helpful. But today we're gonna to be bringing you the end of year accounting, what bookkeepers wish that you knew. So um, I wish that, yeah, we all knew actually, I'm gonna learn a lot here, but this is a workshop format. So we really um, encourage interactive sessions. We're gonna actually have you do a little bit of pre-work first because there's a, a worksheet that you will be actively working in during this session. So if you will, I'm gonna walk you through the steps. And if for some reason that you don't um, have success with it, just chat us in, in in the chat box and let us know. But the first thing, number one, make sure you open up your chat. If you can't see your chat box, it might be under the more button at the bottom. Then we need you, <coughs> excuse me, to click on the link. It will open up a Google document. Once that Google document is open, go ahead and click on file and then choose make a copy so this will be only your copy that you'll be working in. We won't be all working in the same copy. This will be specifically to you. So again, in the chat, make sure that you click on the link. It will open up a Google document, then click on file and choose copy. And again, if you have any problems with that, just go ahead and chat us on, on the site and we will help you take care of that. Amy, back to you. Thank you so much. Yes, we um, we know that this is not always easy and simple. Um, usually if we send out a worksheet or a document via email, um, we get a lot of questions about um, where that is or didn't see it. So hopefully this is the easiest way um, for you to be able to access that. And again, um, our chat is our best friend when it comes to this. If you have a question off the top of your head that you want to make sure that we save and ask later, or you want us to um, ask for you. But again, you are welcome to engage and ask questions, unmute, your little square will light up, um, or, um, or just kind of raise your hand or, or wave like a crazy person if you've got your, uh, if you've got your video on. So part uh, the other reason why we like to see everybody. 
So yes, and now we are happy to introduce our presenter, Wendy Kane. Wendy is a certified public accountant, a CPA, and owner of Kane Accounting. She has a passion for helping independent contractors and small business owners, so that's why she's here. Um, and she loves to help them. She loves numbers and to help them grow their business. She has 10 years as a CPA um, and training as a financial coach, which is another reason why we love her. Um, she gives her unique respect perspective for helping businesses, business owners get the most out of their business while maintaining a balance between it and their personal lives. So as small businesses, we completely appreciate everything that she um, does for them because as a small business owner, you probably have 18,000 things going on within your business, plus bookkeeping, plus you have a personal life. So um, I am going to turn it over to Wendy. Wendy, say hello to everybody and let's dive in. Hello. Thank you, Amy and Chris. I am super excited to be here today. It's weird. I have done um, probably um, thousands of webinars as a participant, not done one as a presenter in this format before. So I'm like, it's going to be okay. even more fun, Wendy. It'll be even more fun for you. <laughs> this is nice. This is awesome. All right. Well, um, Let's see, do we want to go ahead and jump into the screen share now? Or Absolutely. Do you want me to hit it? Say anything else about me? I don't know. Well, we don't want to talk to about me. I'd rather I talk about what we're talking no, about. No, and again, you guys, if anybody's having problems with that link or making a copy of that Google document, just let me know in the chat and I can privately send you the link. Okay, so let me share my screen here. All right. Yes. Are we good? It's full screen yes. and everything? Everything. Okay. Awesome. That's always the first hurdle. It's what I've told me when I've um, conducted classes or things before. I'm like, you know, the, the hardest part about leading a group is getting the silly technology, the video to work, you know, <laughs> because I can usually know what I'm going to say, but maybe the computer works that day. Maybe it doesn't. So, all right. Well, as Amy mentioned, my name is Wendy Kane. I am a CPA. I'm the owner of Kane Accounting and Financial Coaching. And I work with independent contractors and small businesses. Um, a little bit about my story before we dig into everything here. So I started out as a tax preparer working for CPA firms and doing tax returns. And one thing that I realized as we were doing tax returns is that business owners would come in and they, um, they wouldn't have any business records. We would have to ask them, okay, well, if we're going to do your tax return, you know, we need to see your income statement. And they would smile and nod and be like, okay, what's that? And so then we would say, well, and you know, your books, your records, do, do you have a bank account? And we'd end up with, a stack of bank statements. And then, you know, we would have to enter that in QuickBooks and do all the bookkeeping work before we could even begin to get to the tax return. So I remember as a tax preparer sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, these businesses, they just need help. You know, accounting's not their thing. You know, they went into business for other reasons. And so they just need some help. So a few years ago, that's what I decided to do. I went out and started my own company and I help everybody, all the independent contractors and small businesses, get their bookkeeping done. 
and not just for the tax return, but for other things. I mean, you need to keep, well, that's what we're going to get to today is why you should keep good records. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit about me. I've been in business four and a half years. I love it. I'm a small business owner too. I share many of the same pain points. I've got a personal life. I have a husband and three kids. I have to balance that with the business and, you know, everything that goes along with the business. I'm not, I can't just do accounting all day long. You know, I have marketing and managing that and bills to pay and figuring out how to be most efficient. I've got to learn operations and all that stuff. Okay. Well, let's go ahead. Let's see. There. Okay. Making sure that the move on click function actually functions here. Okay. The three points we're going to cover today are why you should keep good records. I'm going to give you some tips on how to keep good records. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about things you can do right now before December 31st to make next year's taxes go a little easier than they might have gone in the past. All right. So if you look at your worksheet, the worksheet follows right along with the slides. And um, when we get to the second part, there's some fill in the blanks. I have underlined the words on the slides that go in the blanks. So we're not trying to make this a college final exam here. This is <laughs> trying to make this as easy as possible. So. Um, when we get to the second and third part, you'll see what I'm saying on the slides. I've underlined what the uh, the answers are. You're the teacher that gave, that's giving us the answers, Wendy. What? <laughs> You're the teacher that's giving us the answers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Awesome. We love those teachers. I'll be like Alex Trebek. I'll give you the answers and y'all can ask the questions. <laughs> okay. So for starters, I, I alluded to this in my my intro here. What is your why? Why did you go into business? We're going to sort of, we're going to step back a minute before we dig into numbers and software and stuff and think, think big picture. Think what is your why? Why did you go into business? I can guarantee you, you did not go into business because you needed your taxes done. You did not go into business because you needed a mortgage and had to prove that you had self-employment income last year. You also didn't go into business to learn QuickBooks. That's for darn sure. Um, let's see, does anybody else? I think you said we were gonna ask if anyone wanted to share their why. I guess I should give you a minute. We absolutely do. A couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things we would love um, to know about you are, and for Wendy's information as we're kind of going along, is if you'd put in the chat a little bit about um, what maybe what industry you're in. Um, but now to Wendy's question, what is your why? Um, and you don't even have to share the industry to answer that question, but you know, you're welcome to um, share with everyone or just share with um, Chris and I, and we can relay it. Um, kind of what is your why and why did you go into business? Um, we get a lot of answers uh, when it comes to small businesses and, uh, and, and entrepreneurs. Um, one very common one is independence, um, <laughs> being my own boss, some of those things. So um, if you know what your why 
why is um, a lot of other people are going into business to help other people like Wendy. Um, a lot of other people are going into all kinds of um, reasons for their why and it gets lost sometimes in our day-to-day -day, um, especially when we get to things like bookkeeping that we may or may not be uh, proficient in so we would just love for you to throw that in there as Wendy um, goes along and we'll be sharing some of those okay does anyone want to share theirs right now or well we've got Valerie I mean I, I think this is a great answer better work-life balance mm -hmm. and um the one above made me laugh actually because it was talking about headaches and, and I don't think that's, that was the answer, but it was funny to read. I'm following my partner's dream, you know, dreams work life balance. It, that, yeah, if anyone uh, wants to unmute and share, we're welcome. We're, we're happy to, to have your voice um, live in here and share can a little I bit. Click the, I'm not sure if I can see the chat box as I don't want to click on it. Oh, whoops, how do I go back? <laughs> that that's okay, Wendy. We'll we'll monitor the chat box. Okay, yeah, it's fine. I can't see what the answers are. Y'all have to tell me. The the answers are, are yep, the dreams, the better work life balance, um, independence. I think even even bigger picture, like okay, why that's why you're self-employed, but why are you doing what you're doing as a self-employed person? Like we've got someone like that. So we've got someone that started a home inspection company, um, someone that um, is in real estate. And so looking at um, the industry that you're in, um, what are some of the whys of why you're in that industry as well? That would be fantastic. Well, and Sandy, I want to just add this in here. This is a great one too. Real estate wanted to um, go into business because she left the traditional companies, didn't want to focus enough on, that didn't want to focus enough on the clients and the customers. So she actually started her own business because she felt like there was something missing for her, for her in, the, in that industry. I mm -hmm. empathize with that. I was in mm -hmm. uh, I was in banking and felt like I was restricted on what I could do for clients and customers and went into consulting. So that's a that's a very, very good, very good example. It is serving mm -hmm. others. Absolutely. I that's even awesome. had some of the same thing. Like I said, these business owners would show up and some CPA firms offer year-round bookkeeping services, but and some don't, so there's that. But the ones who do, they don't tend to market it very well. And so I saw this hole in the market. I was like, you know, these people, like, they just need some help. You know, they need to be running their business. They don't need to be learning accounting and tax laws because that's not their thing. Right. I love this one. Um, IP for trucking technology um, to transform truckers, uh, drive, truck drivers' lives um, while creating better business outcomes. That is a really, really good one. I love that. Right. Yes. That one's windy. Yes. Okay. Yes. Keep sharing. Um, everybody can, if you're sharing with everyone, um, everyone can see those. And so those are fantastic. Um, let's go ahead and uh, keep going, Wendy, while we continue to monitor these for you. All right, so once you know your why, you've got that in your head, how are you gonna get there? Like you have this goal, this dream, but you've got, obviously you're, you're at point A and you wanna get to a point B. So how are you gonna get there? I suppose one way could be in a car. Let's pretend like we're going to this awesome place called this comes over here. Why land? And we're going to go to Y land. We're going to take a trip. Um, 
and we're going to get in this car, but our car is special. It has no gas gauge and it has no odometer. Now it does have a gas tank and this is a car, this is a special car. You can open the gas tank and look in and see how much gas is in there. I know normal cars, that's not possible, but this one is. So if you want to get to a faraway place, let's say, let's bring it home here a little bit like Kansas City, that's not too far. If you wanna get from Fayetteville to Kansas City and all your car has is just a gas tank, how are you gonna do that? I guess you could open the gas tank and you look in and you say, all right, that looks like there's a lot of gas in there. Okay, let's just start driving. And so you start driving and at some point you're like, hmm, I wonder how much gas we've used. So you have to stop, get out, look in the gas tank again, try and estimate how, how far down you are and be like, okay, do you think, you know, can we make it to Joplin from here? Or can we go another town past that before we need to stop and get more gas? Um, and, and then you might look in the tank and go, oh dear, oh, we use more gas on this segment of the journey than I realized. And so we better find a town quick or we're not gonna make it to Kansas City at all. And so the whole point of this is you can probably get to Kansas City eventually, but it's gonna take longer and be way more stressful than it ever should be. You're gonna have to stop. You have to look in the gas tank. You're not quite sure how far this, this amount of gas will get you. And so you're gonna have to do a lot of trial and error and try and, and you know, you may eventually make it to Kansas City. You may not, but let's, let's be hopeful here and assume you will, but my gosh, the journey there, can you imagine? You're gonna have to stop <laughs> and have gone through, who knows, you may stop at every town and, and get more gas just because you don't know how far any amount will get you. This is what a lot of business owners do with their business. In this analogy, the car is your business and the gas tank is your bank account. And a lot of people, and I hope I don't step on toes because I'm sympathizing with you here. A lot of people get a business bank account, put some money into it, and that's how they run their business. They look in their bank account and they go, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot. Let's do that next thing. Let's do our next project. And you do it. And then after that project, you look in there and you go, oh, uh-oh, I don't know where that money went. Or well, it went to that, but ooh, now we need more. Okay, we, we got to do, I guess we'll do another project. And you go on and on like that. And a lot of business owners, that's how they manage their business. They look at their bank account. If there's money in it, they, they spend it. If there's not money, then they have a minor freak out and try and figure out ways to get more money in there. And, you know, you can be successful at this. Not, it's not impossible to do it that way. A lot of, a lot of good entrepreneurs, they have that hustle. You know, they know how to make money. They're out there and they're like, oh, well, I'll just make more money. But just like in our example here, you may get to where you're going. You may achieve your goals, but it's going to be, it's going to take longer and be way more stressful than it ever would be if you had good financial records. So that is why to move on to section two, that's why we need to keep good records. 
And I promise this part's not gonna be boring. I have kept it not boring. I've kept it short. So don't lose me here because I know when I start talking accounting software and stuff, people like glaze over, you know, <laughs> trust we're me. Here. <laughs> we're here for it, Wendy, we're here for it. <laughs> good, good. I said, I, I have, I do, I chat with my clients all the time and, you know, I quickly, before I went out on my own, I learned, okay, that's why I'm the accountant and they're not because they don't, they don't like this stuff and it's okay to not like it. We don't need everyone to be accountants. That would be a scary world. <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. The first thing says use accounting software such as blank and blank. Before I pull the words up here, does anyone name some you've heard of? There's some pretty obvious ones. QuickBooks. QuickBooks. Jennifer mentioned QuickBooks. Yep. Anybody else? Any other accounting softwares that you've heard of? Zero, or in Wave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wave, Zero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Right. That's good. Uh, Those are Zoho. Excel. 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 Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yep. Using an Excel worksheet. Absolutely. Those are awesome. All right. These are these are my go-tos right here. Obviously, there are others. QuickBooks Online is, of course, the biggie, or just QuickBooks in general. They've got they do still have the desktop version if you don't want to go to the cloud. Um, Zero is a newer program. It's a lot like QuickBooks Online, though not exactly. I mean, it does the same things, but it's not using it. And there's a bit of a learning curve because it's not exactly like QuickBooks Online, but it's close. Um, let me see. Both of these are relatively inexpensive. I mean, in the big scheme of things, they are. Now, obviously, when you're just starting out, some of the subscription prices are a bit of a turnoff, I know, for smaller businesses. Um, and, and as far as a sweet spot, you know, at some point, you can do Excel when you first start out if you just have a few transactions a month and you're willing to keep up with it. If you, um, if you get bigger, at some point, you, you can't afford not to have some accounting software because if you try and keep track of everything, Excel, while good, it, it's just the modern day equivalent of pencil and paper. And you really need a more robust reporting module than, than Excel is going to give you. Um, let's see. Oh, we had the link to the subscription prices. I don't know if you want to put that in the chat box now um, or later. Maybe you could do that after the talk. Uh, yes, we'll get yeah, it in there. Thank you. Like, yeah, I'll pop um, it in. Just in case you're interested. Like I said, these are the ones I use the most. I do, my whole practice is remote, even before the pandemic. This is how I, I work. Um, this way, each of these softwares has a feature where you can invite someone, invite an accountant. So I can go online and see your books and you can still be online working in your books and we can both be in there at the same time. And so I can do what I need to do while you're still doing your day-to-day -day and get everything done. Um, let's see. Trying not to get off track here. Another way to keep good records 
I, I feel like I don't even have to say it. There are apps everywhere. There's mileage tracking apps, receipt tracking apps. Um, you do still need to keep your receipts. A lot of people think that since everything's pretty much done with debit or credit card these days that you don't have to worry about the receipts. But um, it's not what the IRS says. The IRS, if you get a bank statement or a credit card statement, it will show that you spent $50 at Best Buy, but it won't say what you bought. You know, maybe you bought a, a backup drive for your work computer. Maybe you bought, you know, DVDs. Well, does anyone buy DVDs anymore? <laughs> maybe you bought the latest, I don't know, iPhone for your kid. You know, I mean, just because you can show the IRS, see, Best Buy, $300. That, you know, that doesn't that doesn't really prove what you bought. So unfortunately, you still have to keep track of your receipts. Fortunately, there are some awesome ways to do that. And like I said, there's receipt tracking apps. Expensify is one of them. Um, other ideas, Best Buy and Office Depot and probably several other places will email you your a copy of your receipt. I have that done a lot because then it just stays in your email and you don't have little pieces of paper sitting around your office in your shoe boxes or your baggies. Um, we had one time when I did taxes, we had this lady bring in her receipts. This was awesome. It actually was not a bad idea. In Ziploc baggies. And you would think, I mean, everyone laughed because I'm carrying this box of Ziploc baggies back to my office. And they were like, oh, you got the Ziploc ones. But it actually worked pretty good because she had put all the receipts for one type of thing in one baggie and totaled them up. And so when I actually looked at it, I was like, well, this isn't that bad. She totaled it all for me. It's just, it looked like a, you know, lunches for kindergartners, but, <laughs> but we had it all there. And anyway, that worked. Um, but now you don't have to resort to that. That's what I'm trying to tell you here. You can have the receipts emailed and QuickBooks and Xero both have mobile apps. And I won't go into how to do it, but there are ways that you can, Take your phone, snap a picture of the receipt, and the information goes straight into QuickBooks. Again, if anybody has any questions as we're going, um, or if you want to share what it is that you're using, um, feel free to um, let everybody know. Um, we actually um, want to know what everybody is using for their fa favorite mileage and time tracking apps. That's a question in our chat from um, one of our participants. Thank you, Eric and Tony. Um, don't know if we have Eric or Tony on here, so hello. Um, so just kind of put in there what it is that you are using, and you know, as Wendy was saying, if you are using the bag full of receipts and um, and you want to put that in there, that's okay too. Um, I think everybody, as much as, as we love having um, the expert here, we also um, want everybody to feel comfortable with each other and sharing what it is that they're doing because we're all doing all kinds of things and um, we love to have that. <laughs> Definitely Ziploc and plastic bag, um, bag full of receipts. Um, there's a timesheet time for Android that um, was a great time tracker um, and HoneyBook also has a built-in time tracker. So those are really great tips. So well, the other part I wanna remind everybody is that 
We are sending you this recording. We are sending you Wendy's presentation. We will also send you any resources that you post in the chat. So um, if you do have things to share with each other, please definitely put it there because we will compile all of those for you. Um, so you will get all of those. Ms. Wendy? Some of the best ways to find apps and stuff is to ask other people in your industry which apps they're using. I have, I've got, I'm in three different accounting Facebook, uh, Facebook groups. And that's where I've learned uh, of found out a lot of the ones I use. I use one called um, Jetpack Workflow. It's for, it's task management and it's specifically geared towards accounting firms. I use Harvest, Harvest app for my time tracking. Um, like I said, I've seen bigger companies use Expensify for receipts. You know, and, and I don't want to try and list everything. There's so many. The, the best one is to ask people in your industry and then Google and read reviews. And a lot of them offer free demos. You can always try it out and just be sure to cancel before they charge you. But <laughs> if they do it that way, but um, still there's, they really are making it easy on you these days to keep track. It's just a matter. It's kind of like, exercise like what's the best exercise they always say it's the one you'll do well on these apps it's the one you will use the one that makes the most intuitive sense to you the one that you the one that you figured out how to work go with it even if your neighbor over here uses something else all right moving right along all right here's one technical thing I wanted to talk about. Um, once you get the receipts under control, you still have to get your transactions into your accounting software, or you might as well just have a lot of pieces of paper with everything written down on it. It, it doesn't really help you. One way you can do this is to set up banking rules in your software. And um, both QuickBooks Online and Xero do this. They each do it a little bit different, but basically you're gonna go in there and you tell it. It works off of the description that comes through from the bank. So you'll tell it, you know, when, like let's use Office Depot because that's a pretty standard one. When the description contains Office Depot or just Office, um, set the payee to Office Depot and put it to the category office supplies. And then you can have it do that and enter it that way. Some of them you can even set up to automatically be entered in your software. So you don't even have to touch that transaction. They just go in there. And that would be my preferred way to do it. If the banking rules worked all the time, they're a little, they're not a hundred percent accurate because I've had some, like there was one, um, what was it like? I set up a banking rule for an internal transfer. A person was taking draws from their business. And every time they did, that's not deductible, which we'll talk about in a minute. And so it had to go to this one account. Um, but then one time, I believe they paid the internal, I think it said internal revenue service something. And, and it went to that same account. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's different. <laughs> So I had to, luckily I caught it and I had to go back that one out. So they're not foolproof. You still probably should look, 
at your records. And we'll talk about that towards the end about actually looking through your records to see if everything got where it should have gone. Um, but it's a big step because especially if you have a lot of recurring transactions, like if you need a lot of subscription packages that you use every month, just put those on automatic and don't have to deal with them. Make your life easy. Like I said, even I, I mean, I'm, I'm weird. I'm an accountant, but even I don't want to sit here typing transactions in for <laughs> days. All right, any questions on that? I think we'll go on because I think the next slide we're going to have a good discussion on. Everybody's busy writing things down and filling out their worksheet. <laughs> Can you give them a minute to finish yeah. that? Yeah, no, we will. And we will have um, we will have uh, time for questions at the end. So as you're culminating all of those questions, um, make sure that you uh, are writing down anything you have along the way. Okay. All right, this one. This is like, I speak for probably every bookkeeper, accountant, CPA, tax preparer known to man. Please, please, please keep your personal and business expenses separate. If you need to buy something for your personal, you should buy that with your personal checking account. If you need to buy something with your for your business, you should buy that with your business checking account. I know mistakes happen. I've done it myself, <laughs> but they should be rare. Um, a lot of people, and like I said, I don't mean I'm not trying to gripe at anybody or put anyone on the spot, but a lot of people take whichever account has more money. Ooh, business account has more money. I'll buy things out of it this week. Ooh, personal account has more money. I'll buy things out of it this week. Don't do that. Please, please, please don't do that. If you need money, if, if you are in that situation, there are legitimate ways to either add money to your business or take money out of your business so that you can get personal out of the personal and business out of business. Wendy, I think that, um, you know, when, and for, for our clients, obviously a lot of small businesses, sometimes that is a fine line. And um, do you have just kind of a, a general rule of thumb or some kind of filter that we can put through our heads as to what is a business or personal expense. So for instance, and we talked about mileage earlier, um, you know, if we are, if we are using our car often for, for business expenses, those kinds of things. So, so when is it and, and what kind of rule of thumb can we use for knowing that division and that fine line and which, and which side is it better to err on? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question too. We have, there we go. Yay. This is my general rule. This is what they don't, everyone knows personal and business, but um, this is the IRS's definition of a business expense. It's one that's ordinary for your industry and it's also necessary. So I have my extreme example Let's say Joe owns a candle shop and he has a, a small store on College Avenue here in Fayetteville. Joe uh, goes out and buys a corporate jet. Do you think that's an ordinary expense for a candle shop owner? Probably not. I mean, we could get creative and think of some scenarios, but probably not for just a 
one small business in a small town. Um, is it necessary? No, I can't see a corporate jet being necessary for Joe's candle shop. Um, Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, is that an ordinary expense? And I don't know if they actually have corporates yet, but they might. Um, but those bigger businesses, is that an ordinary expense? Yeah, yeah, someone along the way said, hey, you know, we travel so much, it'd be easier to just own our own airplane. So uh, that's what they do. And is it necessary? They would argue that it is. They don't have to go through commercial air traffic to try and get to all the business meetings where they deal, you know, all the way across the country. Um, another example, this is a little more closer to home. Shampoo, is that personal or business? Well, if you are a hairstylist and you rent your chair, all those products that they use on your hair, they have to purchase those. So purchasing high-end shampoo for them, that's a business expense. But when I go and buy my high-end shampoo or not, my suave at Walmart, <laughs> is that a business expense? No, unfortunately it's not. So that is where um, there's a lot, there's kind of like some definite rights and definite wrongs and then a whole lot of gray in the middle. It depends on facts and circumstances, your industry, you know, um, the way I always think of it is this. It depends on what you and your tax preparer are comfortable with. If you have a certain expense for your business that you're like, look, this is the way it's done, it's necessary. If, if you're comfortable with that and can sleep at night and can picture yourself sitting across the table from an auditor and justifying this expense to them and still sleep at night, then it's a business expense, go for it. If you're like, oh, I hope we don't get audited over that. Oh, I hope, okay, three years and statute of limitations runs out on this. I mean, if it's like that, you know, you may not want to deduct it. And for me personally, what I do in my practice, since I just do the bookkeeping, I leave that decision up to my client and their tax preparer because some tax preparers are more aggressive with deducting things and some are more conservative. So like I said, it, me personally in my business, if I don't feel comfortable calling it a business expense, I don't. But some tax preparers are like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a business expense. And others would be like, mm, no. So it's really up to you and your tax preparer. You know, like I said, you just have to be able to, if you're ever audited, you have to be able to produce the receipt and justify it to the auditor. So Wendy, sometimes when I get that question, um, is, is, a good, is a good thing to do, um, take it out of your personal and then potentially reimburse yourself when, when and if you know, um, like it, submit expense report or something to your business from your personal um, in order to, um, to be reimbursed for that if and when you decide with your CPA that those are reimbursable expenses um, that could go under your business? Is that one way to kind of err on the side of caution? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I would, <laughs> honestly, I think if you have to stop and say, eh, is this a business expense? Chances are it's not. Um, I like that rule of thumb better. <laughs> Um, I would, if you really think it might be a business expense, go ahead and spend it out of the business account. If you keep 
spending business expenses out of your personal account, the IRS might look at your business and say, you know, this doesn't look like a real business because you're, you're mixing your funds here. And they might consider it a hobby and you don't want that. Hobby income is taxable. Just so y'all know, you're uh -huh. supposed to hobbies, you're supposed to report that income, but hobby expenses are not deductible. Whereas a business, you can you report your income, but then you also report your expenses and deduct those. So, like I said, if you have to stop and question, the first thought is if if you're not sure, it's probably not. But even then, if it if you're not sure, go ahead and put it out of the business. Like I said, do it deliberately. Don't do it as, oh, oops, I had to buy that Porsche for my business. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you want to say, this is a business. I bought this because I do this with it in my business, and this is why it's necessary. And you want to go ahead and document it. You could do that anyway. Just write down something, keep it with the receipt, and say, this is why I spent this. That way, if you ever get audited, you'll have it right there. Does That's that make wonderful. sense? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's see. Stage three. All right. Third section, what you can do now. First, go ahead and, I mean, obviously if you don't have accounting software, you, you might have to get some. <laughs> or, or you can use Excel. I, have, I do have one client actually, he, he owns some businesses but he's also got a side consulting business and he is going to, he, he wants me to do the bookkeeping for the whole year. But I asked him, you know, well, are you on QuickBooks or something? And he goes, no, I've just been using Excel or I don't even know. It's small enough. I don't know if he's even used Excel yet. Um, but, and so I told him, I said, well, you know, I can do Excel. It will take me a little longer to tally everything up on a spreadsheet, but um, the general, I think the one of the QuickBooks subscriptions, there's three different levels, it's hard to say. One of the QuickBooks subscriptions he's looking at is $70 a month. And for his, where his consulting side business is right now, I mean, that's $840 a year. And I said, oh, like, I, it's not gonna cost me, take me that long to do <laughs> this in Excel. So even though it might take longer than using QuickBooks or Xero, it's not, it's better than having to pay that money if you're not, if your business is not at the level where it could sustain that right now. Um, at, at this point, just having any records is better than having no records. So, you know, I don't want anyone who uses Excel to think, oh my gosh, this lady's telling me I have to go subscribe and all these things. Excel is better than nothing and I'm not trying to knock it. I use it plenty. I've used it. Um, I also, I've been the treasurer of the FHS cheer boosters and I used Excel because there, we had no business subscribing to QuickBooks. You know, it's that type of thing. I just needed a way to keep track of the running balance. All right. Step two, don't let this word scare you. Cause I know you, I know you read it and thought, oh no, that's one of those accounting words. Okay. Reconcile all bank and credit card accounts. Here's what, here's the secret. Bank and credit card accounts nowadays through QuickBooks and Xero and, and the others too will sync with your bank account. So all the transactions that go through your bank account automatically come over 
excuse me, to your accounting software. And then all you have to do, I mean, you've got to, you might want to fill in the payee and the category, but other than that, and you hit add and they go in there. If, as long as everything you've entered in QuickBooks is the same stuff that came from the bank account, when you hit reconcile, 10 seconds max, five seconds even. I mean, it's almost instantaneous. So as much as I, I know you're like, oh no, oh no, that's one of those words. I don't, I don't, I don't do that word, Wendy. This is easy. If you've got everything set up correctly, reconciling is not a problem. And then the third thing you can do, and again, don't, don't get scared here. You can run a profit and loss report to see if you made any money. It's also called an income statement because it puts at the top your income or revenue or sales or whatever you call it. And then it subtracts all of your expenses. So when you run that report, you can see how much money you took in, see the expenses that you paid out. And then if the number at the bottom is positive, that's a profit. If the number is negative, that's a loss, means you spent more than you took in. And most, I mean, all the accounting software, there's a report tab and all you have to do is click. Make sure your dates are correct. It will either say this year, or you can do, you can type in 1-1-2020 to 12-31-2020, you know, however you want to do it. And you can also, you can get fancy and run it by months, but for now, just go ahead and run one for the year. And that way you'll see where you are as far as did you make any money? Because if you made money, you're going to pay taxes on it, which is not fun, but, you know, it means you made money. They're kind of a double-edged sword having to pay taxes. You're like, oh, I don't want to pay taxes, but it means you made money because if you have a loss, you don't have to pay tax on that. But it also means you lost money. So let's see. Does anyone have any questions on that? Comments before I go to the last? Questions at the moment? You're also welcome to put them in the chat. And Chris and I will keep track of those. Um, you're welcome to just unmute and speak up and let us know where you are on things. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left, uh, Wendy, and so I want to make sure that we um, give some people a little bit of time. Uh, Jennifer, I see that you are unmuted and wanting to ask a question. Thanks, Wendy, and um, you're really good at explaining things. Um, so do you, as far as the QuickBooks, when is there a, there's so many different ones. I know you were talking about that earlier. Um, is that something um, that matters depending on the industry that you're in, or is it friendly for most all of them? Um, as far as, but I just, when I was, I actually was purchasing QuickBooks and then I stopped myself because it seemed like there was a lot of different levels of, or maybe there was different tiers of which one you could purchase. Or I think you were just talking about that a little bit, something about $70 a month versus the 35 or something. Um, what do you, is there a certain one based on the industry or? Not exactly. It's more based on the size of your business. Although they have a chart. And if you go and compare, I'm not going to try and recreate that out of my brain for no. you. right? Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, I would say go with the lowest level 
that has what you need. Um, okay. We have a self-employed version, which I want to, I mean, like, again, I hate to quote prices. It's been $10 a month. Some right. of those prices are introductory though. And after three or six months, they go back up. Um, and they also change almost yearly. So uh, the self-employed one, when I've been in it trying to help clients, it doesn't work with my business, but for someone who is at the level where they need to do it themselves, it would be perfect. It's, it's kind of weird because it's not, in my opinion, it's not true accounting. You, you honestly just kind of go, you, on, there's an app you can hit and you swipe personal business. Personal right. Business. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of cool in a way. I'm like, well, I mean, that's something. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's, Jennifer. it's if, if, that, if that's what you're happy with, go for it because at least you have some records. Um, and Jennifer, I put a link in the chat that you guys can go to, to get straight to QuickBooks too. So, okay. Thank you. And we did there. earlier um, Xerox and the um, QuickBooks pricing um, is also, okay. is also in there and we'll follow up on that as well. Okay. Yeah. But to answer your question, um, some, some of the levels have different invoices, like some do invoicing, invoicing, some do projects. So it might depend on your industry. Um, you can always, like I said, they will let you, they, they will kindly let you upgrade at any point. Okay. But Thank you. Start with the lowest one. See okay. if it meets your needs. If it doesn't move up a level, but don't start out. They have, um, QuickBooks advanced, which is like for huge, for, for small businesses, you know, that are like millions of dollars a year. Um, don't start with that. No, I'm not there yet. So right. <laughs> one of these days, maybe. <laughs> so we also have um, a question from David. Um, any basic end of year suggestions regarding a small LLC, two person business where uh, person one is the owner and person two is spouse and employee. Um, specifically tracking this in QuickBooks and reporting the form 941 quarterly. Okay. For payroll, mm -hmm. how are they doing? Is he running payroll in QuickBooks? David, you're welcome to share more um, with us if you if you wish or add more to your question. I just have to unmute if we are going to hear you. Or you could you could always ask. Or me you later. can always email. Yes, we can. Um, yeah. We will give you the um, information if you if you need more information. Wendy, is that what you're thinking? You kind of need to dive into that a little bit further. Yes, and it might be more very specific, so that might be best if we if yeah. he contacted me later or stayed on and you know we chatted like that just because. Um, yeah. Okay. He, he said email you this afternoon, so we'll get the email. We'll get you that get you that information. Um, do you have a preferred? When did you have a preferred um, online payroll processor for a small business with two employees? Um, they're currently using QuickBooks payroll, um, but it does not electronically submit Arkansas taxes. Right. Questions there. Uh, yeah, you have to go. You have to do Arkansas uh, Department of Workforce Services and the withholding outside of QuickBooks. Um, I have in my business since it's just it's me and now I have one girl helping me as a contractor so I about two years ago I quit doing as much payroll as I used to I recommend um paychecks is really good ADP is pretty good I kind of have clients all over the board I've got 
some clients on QuickBooks, but it's more single owner S-Corps. So they just have one person on payroll. Um, Paychex is good. ADP is good. I've got one client on Gusto and they're good. They I had a little bit of a problem when we needed to adjust something. So I'm hesitant to recommend them wholeheartedly, but as long as nothing messes up, they're fine. <laughs> I mean, and that sounds bad. I have a lot of accounting friends who love Gusto. So, um, you know, again, you can check it out, compare. Uh, everything is subscription-based and, and those places won't give you a quote on the internet. You have to call a rep. Um, so, um, Wendy, let's go ahead and make sure that we finish out your presentation this next few minutes. Um, what I will say is that if anybody, uh, again, uh, we'll, we'll continue to record. So if anybody has to pop off at 11, we just want to make sure you get through all of your presentation. And then, um, and then we will uh, stay for questions um, as needed and continue uh, recording to make sure that everybody gets their questions answered, if that's okay with everyone. Work for you? Right. Yes. Okay. This last one, this is what you can do now, part two. As I told Amy, I have about eight or 10 things I could have put. And finally I realized some of those are for me because I'm an accountant and I would know what I would do for your end. <laughs> but you need, if you have a tax preparer, you should schedule a meeting with them sometime between now and December 31st, sooner rather than later. Your CPA firms right now, this is the slow part of the year because they got October 15th was the deadline for all tax returned extensions. And then January 1 begins tax season. So right now they are, they're, they're either relaxing or looking for work to do. It depends on how busy they are. Um, there's still about six weeks left in the year. So if you need to do anything to affect what your taxable income is gonna be for the year, you still have time. Um, if you don't have a tax preparer and you do your own taxes, I highly suggest using the withholding estimator at irs.gov. There's a link in your worksheet. You can, I don't know if it clicks, but you can at least copy and paste. Um, it, you can get as detailed as you want. It will estimate, I mean, it's like doing a tax return. It'll ask for your W-2 income, interest income, business income then you can put in your itemized deductions. I mean, you can, you can get as detailed on that as you want. I get very detailed because I know where to put everything. A lot of other people, you know, they're not gonna get that detail. But that's why it's called an estimator because you just wanna get close and you can see how, if you're gonna come up owing taxes or if it looks like you're getting a refund. And this is, they just recently came out with this in the last year or so after the 2017 uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, I know y'all don't care about that, but after that, when they changed all the way that they do withholding, they came out with this and it's, it's phenomenal. It works great. Like I said, now it, it's only as good as what the information you put in. And so if you're not a tax preparer, you may not get everything in there perfectly, but it's at least something you can get close. You can see, you know, and while you still have time to either have more withheld or make some, the estimated payments for 2020 are not due till January 15th. So if it, if you do that and it looks like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna owe lots of money, you might wanna go ahead and pay some of that. Cause if you overpay, you'll get it back. But um, 
you may not want to wait till April and then have a huge ugly surprise when your taxes are done. And then with that, there's my contact information. Yay. I've got I know that we've had um, quite a few people asking um, for that information, which is a which is a great sign. Um, we also had a couple of questions about how much people should budget for an accountant. Um, one of the things, Wendy, I think would be great to differentiate between tax preparer, um, CPA, accountant, all of those other all the different um, and and bookkeeping, and a little bit more about what you do specifically and who they might need in addition to you. Okay, um, one thing I have started doing is I, I refer to people who do taxes as tax preparers. A lot of tax preparers are CPAs, but not every CPA is a tax preparer. I used to do taxes, I don't anymore. Um, there are CPAs in industry who work everywhere. There's CPAs at nonprofits and some of them have probably never done a tax return in their entire life maybe their own. And even then, some of them haven't. Um, so there's tax repairs. There's, um, there's these people called enrolled agents, EA. They are licensed by the IRS to do tax prepare, to do, to do taxes. Um, like I said, for me, I focus on the bookkeeping part and then I run payroll for a, the few of my clients that need payroll run. Um, I found that to be more what I was interested in and tax season is tough. You have to know a lot of tax law and you got to know it quick. Mm -hmm. And I liked to be a little more detailed. And in my practice, I focus on helping businesses improve their bottom line. Like we look at, you know, the customers you have, how much each customer brought in your expenses. You know, we, we focus on more financial health than just getting the tax return done, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, um, Wendy, and, and also in addition to, and, and so when they're asking about how much to budget, you know, there, there are different people that you want to engage. When it comes to um, services like yours, um, I know that you don't want to give a quote, but is there a range? I know that one of the things that we talk to clients a lot about is to kind of think about how much time you are putting into that, how much money, you know, your, your time is worth, and then how much you're paying an accountant. Um, is it, is it typically hourly? Is it, you know, do you have, do you have a broad bucket of, um, of a budget that people would typically set aside for, um, for bookkeeping and accounting support? It's really hard to say. I know when I worked for CPA firms, we would do people's monthly bookkeeping for like a flat fee of two or $300 for relatively small companies, but that was five years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've changed it. Um, a lot, there's a huge shift in the accounting industry to move to flat fee pricing or value-based pricing is what they call it. Um, sometimes that works. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. I just quoted a QuickBooks cleanup client this week and you have no idea what you're going to see until you get into QuickBooks. And so that gets quoted hourly because maybe it'll take me two hours. Maybe it'll take 20. You, you just don't know. It usually takes longer than you think. And the one time I quoted a flat fee for one of those, I lost so much money on that. So, <laughs> so I, I don't, quote flat fees for cleanups but um 
<laughs> I, I really hate to say an amount just because yeah. it's all going to depend on what your business, how big your business is, how much transactions you have each month. And, and even then it's not really the level, like, I mean, you could have, let's say $10,000 a month income. Well, that could be one client yeah. or that could be like a coffee shop and you're dealing with hundreds of clients, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's hard to say. And I've read online and I, and I can't tell you where people got this statistic. Some people say that you should pay 3% of your revenue for accounting. Yes. But again, that's I don't know. Where they <laughs> I don't know if that's a good rule of thumb. I mean, to some extent, no, but maybe to some, you know, and, and of course, relative, I mean, yeah, I completely understand. Well, appreciate you um, attempting to answer that question. I knew it was going to be a hard one to answer, um, but I want to, for anybody who probably may, may have to leave at this point, I want to make sure that you have all the information. Again, we will stay here um, to answer additional questions that are coming up, but we do want to thank you again for being here and you will be emailed a copy of this presentation and recording. Um, if for whatever reason, your full name did not show up um, and you know, your full, we don't know who you are. Um, if you're just iPhone or just your first name, or initials, um, please uh, message before you leave, um, message privately Julie Preddy and let her know um, what your full um, name is so that we can get that information to you. You will also get a brief survey that will help us continue to serve and bring you quality programs. So um, Chris, do you want to tell us how people can find us? Absolutely. So for a full listing of our workshops, you can go to SBTDC uark.edu and you can also sign up for no- notifications we are also on social media um, the, the regulars um, facebook instagram and linkedin um, so please stay in touch and let us know if you have any questions at all so again if you have to pop off um, that is completely understandable um, but we will um, take any other questions if you have them um, otherwise you will get a lot of these um, other things um, wendy uh, you do have a, what is the current opinion um, from Wendy uh, on the security of remote de- banking deposits? Um, they've had re- bank- bankers recommend it, um, but someone that works at the bank also tells them that it's not secure and safe enough to do so. So do you have um, any opinion or recommendations in that uh, bank deposit arena? What are you talking about? Bank deposits. I'm not so uh, remote bank deposits. So taking a picture of your bank check and and depositing it electronically. Uh huh. Um, I've not heard anything that's wrong with it. I do mobile deposits all the time. So far, I've never had a problem. Um, obviously, from the bank's end, there could be some fraud because you could quickly deposit it mobily and then run to the bank or another branch and deposit it there. I've, I have thought about that because I thought, how do they keep track? You know, they won't know until it's too late. Um, as far as security, I don't know. I don't get into the IT security part of it. That's not my expertise at all. So I can't really answer that part. Is that what they're asking? I think <laughs> so, sure. yeah, about security. Do I see a head nod there? Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, any other, any other, yep, he says yes. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah. I have said people, you know, you wonder about the cloud accounting, but yes. um, you, and, and when I first heard of cloud accounting, I thought, oh, I'm not doing that. No way. <laughs> desktop. Yeah. But in this day and age, it just makes more sense. And you just, I'm sure there are ways to check a company's 
security audit. They may publish those. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and see if it's okay. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I sort of cross my fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> I have some safeguards in place on my computer so that if it's ever lost or stolen, people can't log into my version of QuickBooks and then have access to all my clients. Mm -hmm. uh, well, but, uh, this is another great question. Um, some tips on setting up a home office or tracking expenses or taxes. Just, just maybe your top three tips on doing stuff, setting it all up conveniently. Home office. You have to use that space exclusively for business. If you use it for both, there, there's going to be some, some questions about, is this really a home office? You need to have it, you know, it has your work computer, not your personal computer. It has a work TV, if there's such a thing. You know, if you use it or it, you'll have to look up the rules. You might could split it by time, like Monday through Friday, this is office, Saturday, Sunday, it's not. Um, but that's the main thing is that you can't just claim your whole house is a home office. No, no, it's not. It's gotta be one small area that is used exclusively for business. Fantastic. Do we have any other questions before we say thank you and goodbye to um, Ms. Wendy? Again, you have her information here. And so please um, feel free to contact her and feel free to contact us. We um, are always love to um, have all of you and your information and um, be able to support you. So any other questions? Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for being here. You will receive all of our follow-up information and recording for having been here, and we will see you all next time. Thanks so much. It's Hi, been everybody. fun. Thank you. It has been. Thanks, Wendy.